Bueller, 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 Bueller. Wake up! Good morning! Terry Wilson, he's gonna throw! Conrad! Touchdown, Kentucky! Touchdown, Kentucky! Victory, Kentucky! Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They Rubbish! There's buggers over here. Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British We bastards. beat the British. Suck it, Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeed. Just wild. Like, that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable... What an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20. Down. Five. Touchdown. Kentucky. Jesus, Rash. Get it together. Yeah, it's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Hello, everybody. Happy Wednesday to you. February 8th, 2023. Hump Day edition of Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Radio. 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen. Hope you're having a great start to your morning. Uh, not, not me. Last night stunk. Not a good time. But we are going to talk about it for the next two hours. Nick Roush, how are you? Uh, probably worse. Um, yeah, my kid just started screaming with about five minutes left to go. I guess we turned the game on in his room on accident. I don't know. But he's just, um, yeah, forgot how to sleep. So that's been fun. Um, a lot of fun. Hey, but there's coffee. So um, that tastes good right now. Yeah, at least there's that. Thornton's Coffee, the best on the planet. There's Thornton's locations all throughout. Louisville pop in today, and if you're new to the Refresh and Rewards program, you're going to get a free drink of your choice and a free breakfast sandwich of your choosing. So sign up today if you haven't already. The Refresh and Rewards app at Thornton's, it tells you gas prices in your area, and it shows you all the great deals that you can get at a Thornton's near you. And text on into the Thornton's text line 502 502- 414-1450. Scoots, how are you, buddy? I'm good. I uh, I had a little better of a Tuesday than you all did. Last night was Tuesday, right? Yeah. Today's Wednesday. Yeah. Scoots. I never know what day it this, is. This might be the first time that I'm actually going to come back Hit on me. Indiana being maybe better than Kentucky at basketball. Like, what the... Ugh. And also, I you might need the dump button ready today. I'm just I'm in that kind of mood. We don't so have I'm, a dump I'm button, so I'm gonna I'm gonna need you to be careful because we don't have a dump button currently. What do you mean we oh. don't have a dump button? Uh, a little a little inside baseball, but it's getting uh it's got to get rerouted. Oh my god! Oh well. So just be thanks careful. Thanks for the warning. Just be careful. I was gonna just I was gonna <laughs> let one fly. <laughs> I'm not. Good thing you said that. Uh, but yeah, what the hell, Scoots? When did Indiana just did you did we need to insult you? Did you have to call the like what the hell's going on over here? I, I don't I don't I don't know what your qualms are. That we're good? Why that you're just above average, which is somehow better than Kentucky right now. It's pissing me off. Indiana is far from above average, Roush. 
Oh, but they're not a blue blood? I mean, this year, they're, no, they're not a blue blood, no. But this year, they're they're having a really good year, and now I would venture to say they are far from just average. I think that's a fair assessment. I'm just in a, I'm not in a good place this morning, so it's in your Hoosiers <laughs> winning and covering. It's not making me any happier, damn it. Uh, I was happy we won our bet. Yeah, nice. Uh, Thanks for taking one for the team, Roush. Yeah, I really, I think, I think that's what it's got to be. I think you just got to two for three. Uh, <laughs> uh, the, the officials were not going to let IU lose, despite their best efforts to allow Rutgers to come back last night. But the officials made sure that they were going to to get the right calls late in the game because that's what IU gets when they play at home. That's what a lot of teams get when they play at home. Not Kentucky, though. They they yeah. don't get that luxury at, at Rupp. Uh, not the reason that they lost last night. Arkansas was just a better team than they it were. Did start the downfall, though. That's it. Kind of started spiraling after that. That that tech at the end of the half. Uh, I mean, yes, like the game went in a different direction after that tech, but I don't think that that had really any bearing on the game. The game was simply lost. Uh, there, you don't really need a ton of analysis. The game was lost in that four first four minute stretch when UK just gave up eight points and free layups really yep. 10 if you want to count the the one which wasn't a transition layup but it was just defense was discombobulated Arkansas made two extra passes boom another wide open layup uh, it was that first stretch where Kentucky's offense actually was okay it was keeping pace to some degree but you just gave up 10 free points in the game and it, it that was too much to overcome Yep. Uh, so that was really the, the game for me right there. It, you, you can't, in a big game against a team that Arkansas does have more talent than UK, that should never be the case. That's a whole different conversation for another day. But they are the more, more talented team, uh, better defensive team, longer. They're solid. I mean, you don't take anything away from Arkansas for their game last night. But you just couldn't give up 10 free points in that game, especially in the second half. And they, they did it. And that uh, that was pretty much all she wrote after that point. The, um, I mean, the, the the stats from this game, like I I know the morning after games when we're really frustrated, uh, we'll get a little bit more over the top than normal. It's certainly going to happen today. Um, like talking about Oscar's game over the weekend, some people were saying like that's the worst Oscar Sheboy game I've ever seen. Uh, Alabama is is the worst, and I, I don't think it's come going to ever come closer than that Alabama game this year, as bad as he's been uh, as of late. We'll talk about that later. But that second half really was one of the most embarrassing. Uh, I, I, I blacked out a lot of that COVID season um, because it was filled with embarrassing losses. But to allow a team to shoot 71%, or no, excuse me, 72%, they only missed seven shots in the second half. Seven. And, and they only and two of those misses were from three. They were just shooting layups on Kentucky. That was the worst defense I've ever seen. And the I think what was most frustrating, TJ, and this is just me being a meathead too, just foul the hell out of somebody before you give up an easy layup. Like there was something about, I mean, Arkansas just punked them. They punked them. Like, I've never seen a Kentucky basketball team punked on their home court in 20 minutes of play. I mean, that was a back and forth. It was a fun basketball game for the first half. And they were they, they, they trading blow for blow. And 
when Arkansas was hitting shots in the first half, some of it was, you know, some some prayers with shot clock winding down, and you've got a hand in their face, but they have some extra length, and the shot goes in, and you're just like, okay, well, surely that's not going to keep happening. Surely they're going to uh, come back down to earth and start missing some shots. Well, no, they just got easier ones because Kentucky was giving them the ball, just handing the ball to them. Arkansas had at least nine, st- ten steals uh, in that game, uh, 20 fast break points, twice as many as Kentucky, and then they beat Kentucky in the paint 46-28. to 28. You gave up almost 50 points in the paint. It's just as embarrassing and as embarrassing, as embarrassing as it gets. It was not a good performance for Kentucky when they really needed it. Not much adjusting to be found throughout the duration of the game. Uh, this is why I think sometimes it's important when things don't go UK's way just to automatically throw your hands up and be like, it's the coach's fault. If they would have played this lineup or that lineup, it would have it would have all been different. It's because sometimes it actually is the coach's fault. And when every time you just blame the coach, you lose a little bit of its luster. Uh, You lose a little bit of its shine with that criticism when you just do it every single time. Uh, There is legit criticism for the coaching staff last night across the board. How prepared were they for what Arkansas was wanting to do? Uh, None at all. Like, none at all. They're, They're a team that... They will shoot outside shots, but they were not a great outside shooting team and shot above their their norm yesterday, unfortunately. It was what it was. But it's a team that's just going to try to play downhill, get inside, and let their athleticism shine. And they were able to do it right from the get-go. And then the second half was probably one of the easiest offensive performances Arkansas had on the entirety of the year. And it happened in... February, an important quad one game for UK. They needed to win at home, and you gave up potentially the easiest offensive performance for the opposing team that they've had. That's inexcusable, unacceptable. It just came far too easy for Arkansas. So just right off the bat, I don't know if the game plan was where it needed to be. Maybe it was. Maybe it was exa- maybe the play- maybe the coaches told the players everything that they Arkansas was going to do. And then once the ball was tipped, mm-hmm. UK's defenders just didn't listen and weren't ready to to make those stops. I don't mm-hmm. know, but I'm going to probably default to they weren't ready because they never they never showed one sign of life that they were ready for what Arkansas was going to try to do. So that was that was starters number one, not they, they, not a, not good. They did at least try zone, and I was like, oh, well, this is messing with them a little bit. Uh, but they tried it. I think it forced a turnover. It took them two minutes to score. Um, gave up an offensive rebound that turned into a three. Did one more possession and then went away from it. And then Cal went to it in the second half. Immediate turnover. But it, it would only produce like success right away. Then Arkansas would figure it out. Like They would just isolate Oscar in the middle of it. And then it was over. Um, so... Maybe they, they at least they tried that. They were willing to try that, uh, but it still was not uh, not effective. So that and I think they should have played more zone. I think they yeah. should have just yeah. done whatever they could to have couldn't, couldn't have been worse. 
different UK players just getting beat off the dribble, uh, allowing Arkansas to be patient offensively. You do have to give credit to Arkansas as much as we don't want to. Um, even when Kentucky was locked in in the half court, they just couldn't defend for 30 seconds. They could maybe defend for 26 sometimes, 27 at other times, but they couldn't just seem to to get full stops. So that was another thing, in-game adjustments, mm-hmm. just not not where it needed to be. Again, I'm not going to blame the coaching staff for completely for the start of the second half when UK was just throwing lazy pass after lazy pass that was getting picked off by Arkansas's length and return for easy buckets on the other end. But you do, I mean, it does fall back on coaching. I don't think it directly is, I'm not blaming any John Calipari or any of the assistants for making those bad passes, but what the hell was talked about in the locker room at halftime. I, I, I'm sure there wasn't an emphasis on, hey, when we start this next half, make sure when you all are doing your bounce passes and your entry passes to the perimeter, they weren't even entry passes to the paint. They were they were passes 25 feet away from the, the basket. Hey, make sure you just don't let them poke it away for a free layup. I'm sure that probably wasn't discussed, and I don't blame the coaching staff for not hitting those direct notes. However, like what was discussed? What, what was it, hey, we're only down one, Let's go out there and I don't know, but whatever it was to come out of the half that way, it really, it Kentucky still was able to kind of make a push here or there uh, for a little bit, but it really kind of sank you. All things considered, it, it it sank you right off the get go. So that's not good. And then I don't think this changes the outcome of the game in the sense that. If this thing happens, UK wins, but because it didn't happen, UK loses. Right, right. But, yeah. but why, why, why didn't you play Damian Collins more? Uh, that, Oscar's, that... Oscar's just a liability at this point. I mean, he's in his own head. I understand that it's difficult, Roush, to say, hey, our national player of the year returning, He's we're just going to sit him on the bench. And maybe he could turn it on, but I'm, I'm not willing to risk it because we're just going to keep him over here and we're not going to put him in. For a little bit, I get that that may be a hard decision to do, but it's harder also just seeing such an important game just slip away and slip away and slip away as you get nothing out of your five position. So I don't think more minutes from Damian Collins means UK wins the game, but I bet it would have helped. And if it would have helped, yeah. then why wouldn't you have done it? So those are three big coaching goofs that I just. I did not understand. Again, I don't know if any specific one of them changes the outcome. I think Arkansas just looked better. They just looked better. They looked actually a lot better, unfortunately. Uh, but it is it, it just why make it tougher on yourself? And this the, team just seems to always make it tougher on itself. The Collins one made absolutely no sense at all because when Collins got in, he he played six minutes in the first half, had a season high seven points, and. I'm pretty sure it was just the final six minutes of the half. If Oscar Sheba was struggling, you don't have to just put in Damien and say, you're here for the rest of the game. Just two or three minutes at a time to let Oscar flush his brain out. Because as bad as Oscar was, I thought at least in the first half, he had a good sense of awareness about him. Um, He was defending the ball screens decently. He was passing out of double teams. He, He knew when they were coming. In the second half, anytime he got the ball in the post, like he just couldn't feel where the guy was behind him. He wasn't prepared to make a post move once he got the ball. He wasn't getting in good post position. And I think one of the only buckets he had was just an and one he got off a loose ball. 
Um, I don't know what would have hurt in just trying Damien for a couple minutes, even if it's just to give the threat that you're throwing a lob. But you know what? Cal, he left his, uh, he didn't talk for long last night, um, but he said we didn't have any rim protection. I don't know. Maybe Damian Collins could protect the rim a little bit. But he, def- he definitely could have. He definitely could have helped with that. Uh, that was a thing that stood out all night was lack of rim protection as Arkansas was able to get inside. And Arkansas is a really physical team, and they're they're you know they they foul a lot and they push and they shove, and it's not really the game you would think for Collins because he's so skinny. But you you got to choose something. You were giving up something somewhere along the way. You with Oscar, you were getting nothing really offensively, unfortunately, and you were getting somebody that is a solid rebounder. A good, I mean, he's a he's a great rebounder in that game last night. It wasn't he was solid, is is what I'm trying to get at. But you were just giving up any anything inside the paint, and you and you did. You, I mean, you virtually did pretty much yeah. give up anything inside the paint with the way that that was all the the way the numbers shook out there. So maybe you could have got pushed around a little bit with Collins. Maybe you could have given up a few second chance points potentially. Maybe you give up something on rebounding, but you would have made life more difficult with his length and his shot blocking ability, and just decided not to do it for for reasons unknown to me. Just not their best stuff from the coaches last evening. Uh, not the best stuff from the players either, outside of Cason Wallace, who was really, really good. And it feels like you kind of squandered a really, really good Cason Wallace game. But last night stunk. It, it, it's You'd say it's unacceptable, but it's been somewhat the norm this season. And I think just the truth of the matter is this team can still make the tournament, uh, still should be on the right side of the tournament bubble as of today, but puts a lot of pressure on that Georgia game on Saturday. You don't know where this team's going to be at mentally going yeah. into that game. You lose that one, you're probably back on the wrong side of the bubble, understandably so. But there's still a lot of basketball to be played. But it's just a, it's just an average basketball team, and yeah, you, yeah, you kept yeah. waiting and, for it to kind of click for them. Mm-hmm. The injury stuff, Roush, has just been so annoying with UK basketball. It really has just been ten years of injuries. Uh, somebody did some sort of voodoo magic mama juju back in 2012. And they were like, Hey, give us a national championship this year and let us stay healthy. And I don't care what happens after that. Cause you can pretty much just, there's been one injury after another every single year with maybe one or two exceptions since 2013. And when Nerlens went down, uh, and this season, while you don't have like a huge season-ending injury, it's just been a revolving door. This guy's hurt. This guy's hurt. This guy's got to miss this game. This guy's got to miss that game. And Severe Wheeler would have helped last night. Again, would that have changed the outcome of the game, similar to playing college more? I don't think so. I don't think so. But it would have helped. You, I don't think you would have had as many just stupid turnovers there to start that second half if you would have had the SEC assist leader out there making hopefully some better decisions than what some of the other players did. Uh, and that stuck. But even at full strength, you're just waiting for this team to snap into it. And it last night was a, a, a big step in the wrong direction, unfortunately. So yeah. not good. It doesn't mean the season's over, but it does make you wonder, you know, just where this team's ceiling's at. And it seems like yeah. that ceiling got a little lower last night. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe a sweet 16. Um, 
And I think that's the kind of picture conversation you got to have later on in the maybe a week is just how um, mediocre, for the lack of better term, Kentucky's been um, as of like the direction this thing is going. But in the immediate future, uh, like it's just been a bubble team for a while. You thought if you won this one, you were you were going to feel pretty comfortable on the right side of it. But now we're just going to be sweating it out till selection Sunday. Like that's just that's just how it's going to be because I you can't really trust this team because there are consistent parts to it. I mean, CJ Frederick hasn't made shots in two of his last three games. I mean, he was he just gave you absolutely nothing last night. Um, Antonio Reeves four of twelve from the field, and then Jacob Toppin. What was he doing out there? Did he forget how to dribble? Like, what, what was his? I, I don't. Well, I I don't know what was going on with him. Uh, the lack of consistency is just, whoo, man. Especially in a home game where the crowd was in it, and it was a close game that you went toe to toe. For them to collapse the way they did, I just, uh, it's kind of like last night with the kid. I could, I just, why are you crying? Why did you? You've slept twelve hours. For weeks, and then you just did you just forget? Like, how, did, you, did you forget how to play basketball, Kentucky? What the hell's going on? At least my baby was more consistent than Kentucky up until that point. I just don't understand it. I don't get it. And maybe that's why Cal only talks for two minutes after losses, or maybe he's a sore loser. Like, if, if Mark Stoops sent Eddie Grant out there to finish his post game radio show, we would call Mark Stoops a sore loser. We got to do the same with Cal. Like, that's so lame. Not only did not send in a, like he sent Bruiser out there. Bruiser's not even a real coach. He's not a real assistant. Well, he You're did sitting, the same. He did the same thing Saturday after a win. For what it's worth, uh, is I there know, a still still lame? Is there a coach in the country that chews gum faster than Bruiser Flint? I mean, that man must uh, have the care. strongest jaws of all time. How, how are we supposed to answer that, Scooter? I mean, you I think we know that the gum chewing them. tendencies of every coach, every and every assistant coach, and every staffer all across America. No, but I would have thought maybe you realized that Bruiser chews his gum really fast. I don't know statistically if he's the fastest gum chewer, but I'm I'm just commenting on how fast he chews his gum. It's incredible. No, I, 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 I we're being I combated not, I, this morning, Scoots. I didn't know we that, Scoots. I, I didn't recognize that he chews his gum fast, and I don't know where it ranks in the coaching in the coaching uh, pecking order. Got of, it. Sorry, sorry, I asked. Yeah, I am too, buddy. Uh, all right, we're going to take our first break. Text on into the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Not a good night for UK basketball whatsoever. Uh, you beat Kansas, things could get rolling. They don't. They lose at home. You beat Arkansas, things can get rolling. They don't. They lose at home. This team just refuses to take that next step uh, and make things easier on themselves and allow us all to exhale. We'll come back. We'll talk more about it. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. TJ Walker, Nick Ross. Oh, yeah. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Oh no! We suck again! Searching for you in the cold Kentucky rain. In the cold Kentucky rain. 
but we deserve the we suck again rejoin. It's uh, another bad loss. If Kentucky had had the out-of-conference season that it was supposed to have or maybe didn't lose to a terrible South Carolina team at home, last night wouldn't be as, as big as a deal. But unfortunately, that's the way the season's gone. And you really needed the win last night. Instead, Arkansas, they'll take the quad one win instead of UK getting it. And the search continues for more quality wins. Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. The show goes 7 to 9 Monday through Friday. Replay of the show 9 to 11. And you can listen anytime you want by searching for the Kentucky Roll Call podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, you can tell your Alexa to play Big X Sports Radio and listen to the Big X all day for all the great local programming on the Big X. Uh, We have a new all-time leading scorer in NBA history. Did anybody stay up for that last night? I did. It was um, was a little awkward. He, He scored the bucket with 10 seconds left in the third quarter, and they just they just stopped the game. Like, hey, LeBron, you did it. And had like a ceremony. Kareem gave him the ball. It was like, so they just, is the game over? Are we done? Are we done playing the basketball game? It was, uh, it was a little odd. A little odd. He said 10 seconds left in the third quarter? 10.9 seconds left in the third quarter. We couldn't just shot. finish out the third quarter and then have a celebration? Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was bizarre. So then they just had to clear the court, and then they just played 10 seconds, and then everybody went back to the to the yep. huddle? Yep. That's it's really it. weird. I did not see it. Uh, I had a feeling he was going to break it yesterday. What do you need, 36 points? Yes, yes. Not sure what he ended up with, but uh, he did end up losing. So, Yeah, an important, an important game for them for playoff seeding purposes uh, to get into the playoffs, to get into the play-in tournament. The Lakers kind of stink, so – uh, it did. It did come in an L for them, unfortunately, to a team that they're competing against for that for that playoff spot seeding and whatnot. So uh, that was a bummer. But congrats to him. That's uh, an amazing accomplishment. Goes without saying. Doesn't need some some dweeb in Kentucky to to say it. But that is huge. You can love LeBron. You can hate LeBron. You can think Jordan's better. You can think a lot of people are better potentially. Uh, but stats and numbers don't lie. And that's a wildly, wildly difficult, yeah, thing to accomplish. I mean, you think of all the great players in there that have that have played, and even in just our lifetimes. Uh, and I have no doubt that longevity, a long career, is a big reason for that stat. But he's thirty-eight years old, and he's still at times one of the better scorers on the floor, regardless of teams. Now, it's not nearly as frequent or consistent as it used to be. But when he wants to turn it on, he's still somebody that can go get buckets at three different levels, really. So uh, it, it's he, he's he's a hell of a basketball player. We've been lucky to grow up watching him uh, throughout our teenage years and our 20s. And even as we approach 30s, in our 30s, he's, he's still going. So congrats to him. Uh, certainly one of the best basketball players ever and now has one of the, the coolest stats to go with yep. it. I I do remember the um, the the game because following LeBron as high schooler was a big deal. I mean, they put those games on. I guess they put them on the deuce. Um, but I remember watching them as a kid, and hell, I was middle school. Uh, 
So it's always been cool. I've never been like uh, an over the top LeBron fan or an over top LeBron hater. But the fact that the fact that he's lived up to expectations and exceeded them, d- despite the many haters out, like he never he he never really crumbled under that pressure. Um, didn't always didn't win every single title. Um, didn't win as many as Jordan, but uh, for him to play as long as he has and to not ever have any like serious injuries or anything like I mean like it. That's why they thought it was an unbreakable record because it was going to take so many years of stacking up great play, and he's done it. Uh, truly remarkable. Scoot, any thoughts? Um, I, I mean, I've always been a big LeBron fan ever since he started in the league. So it it seemed like he was on this trajectory the whole his whole career. But I agree with you, TJ. It's it almost felt like an unbreakable record. So the fact that he got there and still has what he wants to play with Bronny, so let's say four years left, is is pretty incredible. So he's going to put some distance between himself and Kareem, and then we'll see if if his if his scoring record's untouchable or not. But pretty pretty awesome. I love LeBron. I've loved watching him play over the years. Just such a treat. Probably won't be untouchable in the sense that like just scoring seems to keep improving. It's higher, yeah. Keep- and people's distance of being able to like, I, I bet someday, I bet the next person who breaks it probably will be a shooter. My, uh, you know, could also be somebody similar to LeBron that can score at three different levels. But my guess would be the person that ends up breaking it will be a shooter, and it'll be somebody that enters the league when they're you know eighteen, and they're going to have to probably play a similar amount of games or in that ballpark of games as LeBron, but. I do think it it will get broken, but how long did it? How long was it standing previously? Like thirty eight years or something? I thought I heard that number. I could be making. Yeah, that some. Uh, I mean, Kareem would have got it in the nineties, and then Wilt was in the late sixties. So it's long, yeah, it's a long time. Uh, yeah. So it, it may be a long time before somebody else does it again because it has to be the perfect storm. You have to be a really, really, really good basketball player, obviously, and you got to be healthy enough to play and keep it at a high level for 20 years, give or take, maybe a a couple seasons one way or another, Uh, probably more likely 20 plus years. So I do think it'll happen. Do we see it in our lifetimes? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think, Uh, I think I'm guessing, but it's uh, it's an, it's an incredible accomplishment. I just wasn't going to watch it. Uh, I'd had enough basketball for the evening last night. I loved uh, the picture, and Thomas Bryan is just posting up as hard as he's ever posted up in his life, calling for the ball. It's like, buddy, you aren't getting that ball. (laughs) You aren't getting that ball. I was thinking uh, unbreakable records uh, for the University of Kentucky. Dan Issels isn't getting touched. Um, If you're good enough to score that many points, you're you're gone um, nowadays. But are there any other unbreakable Kentucky basketball or football records you think out there? Uh, I thought the three-point streak was unbreakable, but it, it broke. Anthony Davis, 186 blocks in a season is going to be very difficult to deny. He's six on UK's career list. Um, like, And that's just one season. Pretty remarkable. Willie Cauley-Stein is second behind Jamal McGlure, which I wouldn't have guessed Jamal McGlure is number one. 
uh, but that extra season helped them out. The one that I think is going to be tough, even if because a lot of this stuff they they were showing the points breakdown, you know, and like Kareem had three points from behind the three point line, and you know, LeBron obviously had a lot more. Um, you think some of these records they can change with the innovations in the game? I think Jared Lorenzen is UK's all-time leading passer is going to be really tough too. He had ten thousand some odd yards, like ten thousand two hundred, which is top ten in SEC history. It was second, I think, when he was done. Uh, but the, I mean, just the volume you have to put up to reach that height, like that's multiple three thousand yard seasons, which Andre Woodson did for two years. But like, I mean. Jared was four and five years doing some air raid stuff like that. Uh, that that one's gonna be hard for somebody at UK to pass up um, with the way the portal is and like they would have to get a, a bona fide badass freshman quarterback playing for a coach not named Mark Stoops because I, I mean I don't maybe they could have a three thousand yard passer under him they haven't yet but that 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 one would be awfully tough to reach as well. Yeah, and along those same lines, probably the the career scoring record at UK. While we're talking scoring records, I don't know if anybody's going to top Dan Issel. Yeah, uh, and he did well, it in eighty three games too. Even in his single season one, Monk had um, eight more games than him, and still, or no, excuse me, J- Jody Meeks, Monk, both of them. But Jody Meeks had eight more games. He had a fifty four point game sprinkled in there. And he still was 100 points behind Dan Nissel's single-season record. Yeah, 90, 94, but clo- close enough. Uh, that, that's wild. It is. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, it would have been really fun to watch Dan Nissel uh, during his scoring domination days. But I think that's probably an untouchable record, you would imagine. Malik Monk was fourth all-time in single-season scoring, uh, and he was nearly 200 points off. And he uh, also or he played 10 more games than Dan Issel did in that one season. So I uh, think Malik Monk, how dominant of a scorer he was, and he was 194 points off. Incredible. Uh, in- incredible. So those are probably some untouchable stats. Uh, mm-hmm. If you think of anything on the text line, let us know. Do you want to head on over to the text line? I, I think we know what we're going to be getting into today. Yep. Um, I-, I am just going to say Mark's story made me laugh this morning. Uh, he he quote tweeted tweets said I sort of feel like UK fans might owe Bob Huggins an apology. Mark Story just an uncharacteristic. Nah, <laughs> maybe chuckle. So hopefully some of uh, you texters uh, have some good laughs in here. Five zero two four one four fourteen fifty is the number on the Thornton's text line, and I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. Oh, of course, that's alluding to. Bob Huggins suggested that Oscar Sheboy wasn't working hard enough, and that's why he left West Virginia and just somebody that didn't didn't put in the work. I, I think things don't always – well, I say this all the time on this show. Things don't always have to be black and white. I, I, I think we are seeing some truth in Bob Huggins' statement with Oscar. He just – when things really aren't going his way, he'll throw his hands up and just doesn't look as engaged as he did previously. But also to to question somebody's work ethic and then they come out and put the best numbers in college basketball history for 40 years, uh, sweeping all the national players of the year award. He also, you know, also some 
wrongness to Bob Huggins' statement. So while it may have not been exclusively false, uh, it's he, he's not. I don't think validated in what he said because I don't think he can be. I don't think he. I don't think he can be based on what Oscar did the season after he said all the things about Oscar that he did. Um, and I don't think he tried to make it personal to Oscar. I think he kept it in the realm of basketball that like, Hey, he's got to work harder. He's got to be out on the floor. He's got to do this. He's got to do that. But we are seeing, I think some of what people were seeing in Morgantown towards the end of Oscar Shibway's time there. Um, and makes you think that it's all mental. It's all in his head. It's something that mm-hmm. he can fix if he wants to put in the work to do it. Uh, but I, I don't think Bob, I don't think this stretch of Oscar playing poorly is validation or affirmation for Bob Huggins, but at least does give him uh, a leg to stand on. Yeah, yeah. Um, And especially the way that it's not just Oscar playing poorly and not putting up stats. I mean, he had 15 rebounds the last game. It's the way that the team has been playing around him, where they're seemingly better when Collins is on the court, more space. Um, They can throw lobs to him. In the pick and roll, like it just Oscar is is he just felt more like a liability than an asset as of late. Yeah, I mean defense, you know he was going to struggle in, but you were going to hey offensively he's going to get every rebound, he's going to put up points. They're going to have to double team him, and he can kick out. And teams have just kind of figured him out where you basically face guard him like a defensive back guarding a wide receiver when a shot goes up and then even get some help from your teammates to get a body on him that can neutralize him. I don't know why it took teams so long to get to that point, but now they're there. And then from an offensive standpoint, when he gets the ball on the block, just guard him tight, guard him tough. Don't fall for his pump fake, stay make him score over top of you. And then occasionally teams will kind of swarm him and he's, uh, not making the right plays when he is getting swarmed. So uh, he's struggling in a major way and to the point where I do think you need to, you need to try to, you need to try some different things. You need to play some other people. All right. What do we got on the text line here? Uh, the most recent text that we did, we didn't get a John's text from yesterday. So this okay. is going to be some awkward optimism. Good game day morning, ladies and gentlemen. I'm ready to break out my vintage old school, Kentucky lucky handkerchief and root for the cats tonight. Oh, sorry. Fed this handkerchief with me for the last two games, and the cats have taken care of business. So as I think about my lucky handkerchief and its magical powers, I believe the cats will win by 10, and the MVP will be topping. Do you guys think I'm crazy, or should I continue the superstitious sports lifestyle? Got to go talk to you later. Take out a match and burn that sucker, John. It's toast. I think you're crazy, yeah. John. Yeah. Also, the, the vintage old-school Kentucky lucky handkerchief that he had had for two games. <laughs> What were you doing with it those two games? Were you have a runny nose, John? But Rash is right. You got to burn it, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, uh, I also wonder, is it a vintage UK handkerchief or is it just an old handkerchief and he just had it on it? My vintage old school Kentucky lucky handkerchief. So you would think that it would be Kentucky. But unfortunately, <laughs> it doesn't matter, John. You got to burn it. Those are the rules. Yep. yep. In fuego. I, um, I know I'm... Yeah, I know I'm late. Quick thoughts on the hashtag free Doug movement. He was free. We did talk about it yesterday, texters. So hopefully you listened to the podcast and heard our thoughts on it. Uh, I always thought the phrasing free Doug was wrong because he technically was freed from his job uh, or from his volunteering job. I think it should have been like reinstate Doug or bring Doug back one more year for Doug or 
something along those lines. But the committee of 101 said he'll be back next year. So uh, yeah, which, for the remainder of this year, I don't think anybody can have a major issue with that. A lot of yeah, people get emotional the, uh, about the free Doug movement, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, which, you know, as you kind of heard us yesterday, we were not that invested. But the, that this feels like the appropriate action rather than just the, the quick hook. Yeah. Um, I so. wouldn't have blamed them if he did get a quick hook. You can't go flipping people off. However, don't think one mistake for 19 years should be the, the closing of a book the retiring of the blue jacket. So happy that they came to that conclusion and uh, you, uh, look forward did to you see the, the kids posing with the Doug fathead. Like he was uh, like, they put him in his chair and everything. That was pretty funny. That is funny. Uh, that was good stuff. Not good stuff is having officials kick people out of the game because they can't take people saying mean things to them for the five UK students that were thrown out. Yelling what a bunch referee. of losers. Official College basketball officials, just losers. Like, there is a line that could be crossed, and I guess you got to be careful of saying this, not knowing exactly what they said. But that's just such a tough look. To uh, I, I, I'm so bothered by this criticism. You all get out. Just leave. You're out of here. Uh, embarrassing stuff. But that's the state of college basketball officiating. And it's been that way forever. It's not going to change. But maybe people, more and more people, catch on to it, realize how ridiculous it is. A texture says, big quad energy. Another texture says, please get to Cal on the radio show last night's story. Interested in hearing about that. Uh... What, about his dog? I think we did touch on his coach's show on Monday night. Yeah, um, it's probably his dog. Yeah, but lost his dog, was sad. And he was pretty uh, torn up about it. A texter says, I wonder why God didn't tell Dog Caruso's mother her, her son's career would be a tragedy. A texter says, Nick's former ex-boss blames the blue coat middle finger on lack of nil funding. That's all I'm getting into with Justin Rowland. Uh, just wild stuff. Texter says, that's so Raven saw the future with giant swollen lips. Thought she had got stung by bees to get there. See, that's a good, that's a good, that's yeah. a Raven episode. <laughs> mm-hmm. Turns out she was just self-conscious about uh, needed lip injections. Which yep, she needs a like. No, not a fan. No, it makes it, it makes it across the board for the KRC crew. Another texture says, Scoots, who you got? Masindai or Tyne Sands from Game of Thrones? Oh, good question, Scoots. Who, who, I'm, who do you think chew gums faster? I'm glad... <laughs> I'm glad you said those names because I have no idea. But give me uh, Masindai. Oh, you're into the old women. Well, Tyne Sands. So I looked him up. Hopefully, I saw the right people. Tyne Sands. Masindai's not old. Not my type of a. Uh, not my type of person. What? What? What is? What? What in the world does that mean? That Tyne Sands is just not in my alley. She's she's she doesn't fit the mold. Oh, I was thinking of the Red Lady. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, my bad on the Masindai. I've been out of the Game of Thrones world for Masindai, so long. Masindai is a little cutie, though. I yeah. still, I'm still a little worried that you, uh, it could could mean problematic things of what you said for Game of Thrones and our girl, Time Sands. You I mean, think he just maybe she her hair's too short. He likes longer hair. Yeah, and she's just too skinny for me. I, I got to have some meat on my bones. Okay. Nothing against her. 
Just I'll both time. of them, for what it's worth. I, I would happily settle down with either in this mythical uh, world. <laughs> oh, man. One text from Thorne's text fund says, I thought growing up in Wisconsin taught me everything I need to know about drunk driving arrest. With Scoots' preparations are next level, I raised my bottle of... Uh, is Mydol. it Mydol. <laughs> What is it? Mydol. You got it. But like, why is... You don't know what Mydol is, Roush? I know, but how does Mydol have anything to do with drunk driving arrest? Because I had the whole story about I'm on my period yesterday, too. Oh, gosh. Okay. All yeah. Right. Uh, man. That's where that comes PS from. P.S. Beast equals total badass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, a, that was one of the wildest, I think, Scoots episodes we've had yesterday. What ended yeah. up winning the poll? Oh, that's a good question. Let me let me double check it. On the Kentucky Roll Call Twitter page, I made a poll to see. All right. What was the wildest scoots moment from yesterday? The IU Usher story? I thought that would have won. It did not. It came in second. Mm. The field sobriety story, which was, I mean, you just dropped that one on us just randomly. That was wild. <laughs> uh, the time of the month story, and then not knowing political left versus right, which was also just wild. I mean, I think that gets completely glossed over. That came in last. Uh, people weren't all that shocked or surprised by that. But the time of the month story was your winner from the wildest scoops <laughs> moment from yesterday. Are you feeling better today? I am. Yeah. No, I'm. I'm a thousand times better today. The but I was. I was the still. Have changed. The tides have come and gone. I was still super grumpy yesterday, though. Oof. Okay. Well, glad you're over it. Glad you've moved on. A <laughs> uh, texter says that's theft. Don't know exactly what that's referencing. I think that was the roast beef story that Roush told yesterday. Yeah, roast oh. beef thief. That's what we called it. Yeah, you're just a big fan of stealing. I didn't say perpetrated. Texter says, oh, this is from Kirby. I'm hoping the worst thing to happen to me today is TJ forcing Sunday best on me and not a cat's loss. Let's get a dub, boys. And TJ, just stop it. Well, Kirby, you got some bad news. And you may be responsible for just speaking it into existence. So I hope you're happy, Kirby. Secondly, nothing's wrong with Sunday Best. They're good. Their new album isn't my favorite album, but it's also not bad. And uh, I saw Shay was listening to it yesterday. KRC listener Shay. So uh, a lot of people are saying that it's good and they enjoy it. So suck it, Kirby. Yeah. A texter says, everyone knows when we refer to KSR, we specifically mean Nick's Sunday afternoon post. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I, it's the same thing that like people get annoyed with Barstool because they hate Dave Portnoy. Like, it's not all of Barstool, just like it's not all of KSR. Like, uh, it just annoys me. Just annoys Scoot. me. Scoots, you need to drink some cranberry juice, says one texter. Cranberry juice is absolutely disgusting, and I don't know what that has to do with anything we discussed. Uh, well, uh, same thing with the Midol references. Did, have, have you seen uh, The Departed? No. It's a very uh, key, key prop in a scene with uh, old Leo. Hmm. So cranberry, cranberry juice, juice helps? at a bar, and they just, what are you on you? They start cussing, and then they end up almost fighting over it. Hmm. Not familiar. Pretty good. Departed. Great movie. If Scooch was into politics, he could have accused TJ of being upset about Indiana storming the court than the Patriots storming the Capitol. Now, this is a good text. 
Texter says, TJ, how much would someone have to pay you to be boxing of living box box room living with ten of the most whiny cow haters for two weeks straight? I said ten thousand dollars to the person, um, uh, but I, I mean, need just to see two weeks that. straight living with any people for that long. Like, yeah, really. Yeah. I need. To, I'd also need to see the room and the setup too before finalizing that ten thousand dollars. But yeah, uh, is there a bathroom live, in said room? To live for two weeks for ten thousand bucks, five five thousand dollars a week, not bad. Yeah. I think I could do that. But I need to see the setup first, Texter. A texter says Kyle Tucker is back. Do you all follow him on Twitter? Thoughts on his Twitter return? Well, if UK keeps stinking, then he needs to get the hell out of here. I'll tell him that. I'd say that much right away. He comes back yeah, and Kentucky loses its first SEC game and its last six, seven tries. Pretty crazy. Like, he just lost 40,000 followers. That was nuts. Yeah, I was happy to see him back. In all honesty, I was happy to see him back. I, I, everybody's got to do what they've got to do for their own well-being. And a social media break is not the, the worst things in the world. So, don't blame him for taking a little hiatus, but I am happy to see him back. Uh, hopefully, he'll stick around. It was wild. When I was like happy. I was like, hey, he's back. He lost his followers. People go follow him. Good UK basketball follow. And the amount of people that were just like, still blocked, still blocked. I would, but I'm blocked. I'm not kidding. It was probably like two dozen people, it seemed like. <laughs> Couldn't do it. Still blocked. Which, oh, you know, I get. Some people find it annoying. But there were a few people that were like, that pansy blah 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 you know just saying all these names he's got me blocked and it's like well i can kind of see just based on this response i can probably see why he has you blocked and secondly like you know you're kind of giving him the satisfaction that he wants by you getting so triggered and worked up about being blocked you're you're making his point for him but uh there were a lot of people that were just like i'd like to follow him but i disagreed with him and he blocked me blah 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 so I don't know. I don't run his Twitter account. Can't tell you. Can't help you out in that regard, but I am happy to see him back. Same here. Right. Same here. Kind of weird not having Kyle Tucker tweets, but um, yeah. Uh, uh, now I'll uh, hear more from, from the guy. Let's take our hour one break. We've got a lot of text, and as you all can tell, we have not gotten into the game text from yesterday. There are a lot. We will do our best to get through them all. It was a tough one for UK last night. A lot of people frustrated. I'm right there with everybody. That was just not a fun basketball game to watch. And unfortunately, this season, they've been far too common. We're going to hit a break. Hour two of Kentucky Roll Call coming up next on the Big X. DJ Walker, Nipper House, Justin. Welcome back for Hour 2 of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is. With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back. Hour number two, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. I hope you're having a great start to your Wednesday up in Adam. We appreciate you listening. 
to KRC here on the Big X. And maybe check out one of Salsarita's two locations in Louisville. Middletown has a drive-through. It's raining currently, so that's nice. Uh, they're not open till I think, 11. But uh, when they are open, if it is still raining, that drive-through, great. Don't have to worry about getting out of your car. St. Matthew's, great parking. One of the best parking setups for a St. Matthew's business, if you ask me. Sometimes parking can Ooh, be a real pain in St. Matthew's. But Salsarita's, plenty of spots, no issue. And then that's just kind of the side stuff. You go to Salsarita's for their delicious, delicious food, seasoned meats, fresh, never frozen, wildly addictive chips, deliciously different at Salsarita's. Check them out today, one of those two spots, Middletown or St. Matthew's, and download the Salsarita's app to save you time and save you money. Uh, all right. Where, where do we want to go to start this hour, Roush? Just right back to the text line, which I'm fine with. I, there's enough well, to get through. I know um, Kentucky basketball and LeBron James breaking records. That wasn't the only news of yesterday. Um, so I'd like to go to chief meteorologist and political correspondent, uh, Scooter Dingus. Scooter, can you tell us what happened at the State of the Union last night? Um, I can tell you that Biden said something ludicrous that Republicans wanted something to be done, and then one of the Republicans shouted out that he was a liar. I can tell you that. I didn't see oh, anything. I didn't see anything did... else. Oh, that happened though. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't remember what it was. He he said that some Republicans wanted were in favor of some sort of bill that he's been trying to pass, and they all started laughing, caused a big ruckus, and one of them was like, "Liar!" <laughs> oh wow, that um, <laughs> that, that's news to me. I just um heard about uh, Mitt Romney scolding George Santos. So. Basically, I'm just now I'm on the Santos beat um, as my political news because this guy is just uh, a train wreck. Like he's a, he's just a, a Saturday Night Live sketch come to real life. Uh, he w- said that he was a producer for ill-fated Spider-Man um, play that like a bunch of people got hurt and it was a big tragedy. Um, that that was his latest lie, and then now that that's hilarious. The Getting accused of sexual misconduct. Not not necessarily hilarious, but um, George Santos, real big dingus. Yeah, I, he uh, he is a total dingus and a complete goober. Uh, shockingly, not the only person that lies in politics, Roush. Not sure if, if you were aware of that or not. <laughs> Man, he's really uh, like, oh, well, I can get into a profession where I just lie all the time? Well, like, yeah, I've got to get into politics. This This was made for me. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that you're probably, I think he's probably going to be stuck with him. Um, I don't think he's going to resign. I don't think he's going to step aside for his lies and that's, uh, that's politics. He won't be the first person to not step aside for lying to people. And I do appreciate that. Like, you know, Mitt Romney is, is one of those, uh, I feel like no matter which side you're on, you can at least, um, kind of respect his his service to the country and like if anybody's going to scold you for being a doofus that's just trying to be the center of attention Mitt Romney's the guy to do it now Mitt Romney's the Republicans that like Democrats are like see I can I can like a Republican when in reality he's just a Democrat so uh people (laughs) on the right don't really like Mitt Romney um for a variety of reasons but 
yeah, he Mitt Romney. He's all he's kind of he's kind of a goober in his own right. He voted. Yeah, he's been there too long too. I mean, he, he voted for people to be like wearing masks on planes as of like six months ago. So like, yeah, you know, that's just nonsensical if you ask me. But uh, Scoots, there were two clips from last night. Do you have those? Uh, yeah. Let me get them. Oh wait. Yeah, let me get them pulled up real quick. So no, yeah, I have them. I just don't have them pulled up real quick. You don't have them. Uh, Scoots, I need you to tell me on the first one what what everybody is applauding once you have it ready. On the first link I sent you, uh, let me know when you're going to play it. All right, I'm going to play it right now. If you try anything to raise the cost of presenting jobs, I will veto it. I I don't understand. I don't know why they're applauding. What 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 is he gonna veto, Scooch? Will you tell me one more time? I can't understand him. Let me play it again. Play it again. If you try anything to raise the cost of presenting jobs, I will veto it. I'm I gotta hear if it. If you again. try anything to raise the cost of presenting jobs, I will veto it. Yeah, I've got nothing. If you try to raise the I will veto it. It's that it's, I have no like idea. The cost of premium jobs is what I made out, but that that you know that doesn't make. If you try to raise the cost of premium jobs, I'm going to veto it. That one's tough. Uh, and then and then the second one, I I don't know what he's what he's trying to say. Granted, context could be important for the second one, and I don't know exactly what he's getting at. But it's a lot of yelling for somebody that's probably too old to be yelling as much as he is. Will you play the second one? Absolutely. Here we go. Autocracy's grown weaker, not stronger. Name me a world leader who changed places with Xi Jinping. Name me one. Name me one. America's rallying. Who <laughs> changed places with Xi Jinping? I don't know what he. I, I don't get it. I don't get it. But uh, State of the Unions are. They're political fl- they're, theater. They're, they are. That's a, that's the yeah. best word for it. That's all yeah. that it is. It's just flop I mean, after flop. Doesn't matter who's in charge. Uh, but it, it it made for some some interesting moments last night. It is just uh, a cool thing, like a cool. Uh, it makes more sense in the olden days when we weren't just like constantly consumed with stuff, um, which uh, yeah, really really do kind of. Uh, miss the it gives me a job like the 24 hour news cycle but uh, things don't need to be moving this fast thomas jefferson mm-hmm. just wrote his state of the union and it was like printed in newspapers I, maybe we go back to that did kevin mccarthy rip up joe biden's speech when it was handed to him afterwards Ooh. so funny thing um i was listening to am radio yesterday uh, just like the kind of local hits that was a story was that McCarthy wasn't going to rip it up. And then um, the other story was (laughs) the other story they had is Joe Biden's really, he like, it was the quote that they used for it. The like 10 seconds from Biden, Joe Biden tells me that he's working really hard on his state of the union, working really hard on the state of the union. It's going to be good. It's me speaking. No, that's what it was. I'm speaking directly to the American people. It's like, yeah, that's isn't that the whole point? <laughs> isn't that no, why we're here? Like, I, it's like, but you know what? That they what the it was on all the news channels last night. So uh, you know, it drives 
it's one of those events that just kind of drives the the ship for this uh political industrial complex <laughs> we need let's go back to scooch on his prison industrial complex takes uh i'd normally always watch the state of the union this i, I can't remember the last time i didn't as a matter of fact but Cats were playing. I mean, actually, probably the last time I didn't was in probably a similar situation when UK was playing a basketball game and I was watching the basketball game, but uh, not sure which one would have probably been more enjoyable. State State of the Union or UK basketball? Probably the State of the Union uh, because did not have a good time watching UK lose to Arkansas, let the game just really get away from them in the start of the second half, made a push or two here or there, but just did not have enough stops in them defensively to slow down the Hogs. Just uh, a complete butt whooping on UK's home floor, despite a good effort from the crowd to keep the team into it. No severe wheeler didn't help, and a lot of head-scratching coaching decisions uh, did not help either. And UK when did, uh, another loss did, for the Cats. Did, when did they say – Like when, when did Wheeler get hurt? I don't. They said that he tweaked it in practice yesterday. We didn't find out till okay. today when he was out running on the floor, or not running on the floor, I should say. When they came out for warm-ups, media noted that Wheeler wasn't out there. Then in the pregame interview with Leach, Cal said that he tweaked his ankle yesterday. They were going to see if he could, if could, if he could give it a go, but it seemed unlikely, and uh, unlikely it was. He did not. Did not play, and and UK could have used him again. More Collins. I don't think it. Should, I don't think it means UK wins the game. Wheeler playing. I don't think it means UK wins the game. But those things could have helped. And uh, you just want Kentucky to be at full strength to have its full complement of backcourt, frontcourt, just in case. Just in case you need them. If things aren't working, to be able to go try somebody different. And they didn't have that luxury yesterday. I think part of the turnovers. Uh, would have helped if you had Wheeler out there. But, yeah, uh, hopefully you can get him back for the Georgia game. You just cannot aff- uh, you cannot afford to lose that one. Nope. Nope. There are um, seven games to go, if I'm not mistaken. And um, if you give me one second, I think that Georgia actually might be their most winnable game, even though it's on the road. Um, one second, one I second. I think the Vandy Hope. So the analytics be, say Vandy Hope that has to be more winnable. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's it. Um, Auburn at home, 52% at Georgia, 58%. And yeah, Vandy at home, 79%. But the rest, Kentucky will be underdogs in every other game in this home stretch. So, TJ, what's the, what's the baseline here? So, well, I guess we'll just go through it real quick. At Georgia, Mississippi State at home. Tennessee at home, Florida at home, Auburn home. Wait, no. I'm, Mississippi State's I'm up sorry. the road, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I just got those completely wrong. My bad. Um, but, damn it, I, I really screwed that up. Do we go game by game and see which one they want to win? I just I just need to figure out what has to happen um, for Kentucky to make the NCAA tournament here. Well, you got four road games left. The Georgia, Mississippi State. Florida and Arkansas. I, I before last night, I would have thought the expectation would be, hey, you know, go six and two. You probably going to lose the Arkansas road game and the Florida road game. Probably would be a toss up, but take care of business every everywhere else. 
this team, you just really don't know. Uh, you know, they're a lot. If you lose to South Carolina at home, you can really lose to anybody at home, even the good teams, including Arkansas and Auburn and Tennessee. Certainly, uh, I don't. I don't know. I, I would think that you now with the loss last night. The way you make that up is you beat Georgia and you beat Mississippi State. If you win those two road games, and that Mississippi State game is until Wednesday of next week, but if we're doing the show in eight days and Kentucky went 2-0 and in that road game stretch, then I think you can say, all right, that Arkansas game, not what you needed, another missed opportunity, but you're fine. You've made up for it there. And then you'd look at the final at that point, what, five games? And you could you could kind of reassess of where you needed to go. But I do think they'll lose at Florida. They'll lose at Arkansas. Uh, although I bet that game at Arkansas ends up being closer because basketball's weird and this but, team's weird. But now you've got it all of a sudden where Tennessee is kind of a must-win at home. Well, I mean, yeah, you need to beat Tennessee at home. You <laughs> yes, need to that's beat what I mean. Like, you need to beat Auburn at home. You need to. You should always. The the goal of Kentucky should be. Hey, the the home games are all going to be wins. Unfortunately, this year that hasn't happened. I mean. Um, and Their two biggest them. home games, they really just have – And I, so you had Kansas and Arkansas were the two biggest home games of the year, and you just got beat, right? Yeah. Like there's not um, – they just got beat by both of them, and it was pretty handedly where the second half you were always stuck in that buffer zone. And this one, the Arkansas, the most recent one, ended up with the second worst loss of the Calipari era. So – yeah, holding serve at home. I, I just, oh man, I, this is this is just a shock to the system that I'm um, having a tough pill to swallow. To it, it's tough to look ahead and project forward because you just don't know what team's going to show up, who's going to show up, who's going to play well. Because we thought Oscar Sheboy was a given, and he's been bad. Like it's hell. Really, you're only given now is Casey Wallace, who he had a solid game last night, twenty four points, five assists. But also turned it over five times. So, whew. yeah, Casey Wallace was really good. Uh, but you're you're right, just far too inconsistent across the board. A texter on the Thornton's text line says, "Scooch, can you explain these Indiana uniforms? They look like they just got done paintballing." Yeah, I I really liked those uniforms last night, but the pink dots on the front just really turned me off from them. But they were cool. They the sides of them had like a sideways stripe on them they were they were neat jerseys but yeah the pink on the front not good well what do they what do they mean what do they symbolize i don't know i never never really looked into that i know we wore them one time i want to say last season around this time of the year so maybe it has something to do is it like cancer month or something no it's uh they call it their black excellence uniforms well there black you have history it. Month. there you go that's yeah. what they were Seems like it means a lot to you, Scoot. I just, I just still don't understand. No, I mean it's, it was just cool to see a different uniform. I mean, Indiana's wore the same jersey for all of time, so seeing something different's always fun. Yeah, I just, I just don't know why Indiana would ever like. They feel like a place that would never wear a different uniform ever. Well, and they do. Those flowers are peonies. Like why are peonies? Why I don't. Oh, well, you know what? I think that may be the state flower of Indiana. I think I looked this up last year. Hmm. I'll have to do some digging. Let us know what you come up with, the Scoots. A texter says, Hoosier should have rushed the floor first win in their last seven games against Rutgers. Yeah, why didn't you rush the floor, Scoots? That's hilarious. Mm, so, so hilarious. 
Oh, I talked to another Hoosier fan yesterday, and even he was like, what are we doing rushing the floor? A lot of people have that opinion. I mean, a lot of Indiana fans have that opinion. I'm just, I don't happen to be one of them. I don't care. Scoots, why did John Spears say that I was grumpy on his show yesterday? Because uh, I was telling him how on Monday you all accused me of being like him, and it doesn't work for me, but it works for him. <laughs> Yeah, I figured it had to be some off-air conversation because he came in really hot when he said it. <laughs> so I'm wondering what you're telling him during breaks, and, and I want to know if it's the truth. I'll, I'll tell you what he actually said during our next break. <laughs> oh, okay. Why don't you say it on air? Because it's not on-air appropriate. The, the dumb button doesn't work, Teach. Oh, man, that sounds pretty juicy. Sounds juicy. I'll let you all know what Scoots tells me. I'll, I'll church it up for you all. A texter says, sometimes my wife says I'm annoying. Listening to Jimmy Dykes helps me understand her pain. <laughs> that was the worst part about it. UK's just getting pummeled, and you got, like, Jimmy Dykes and Carl Ravage just chumming it up. <laughs> Big well, Drew UK, had a- you just can't throw that pass that leads to a wide-open layup for Arkansas. If you're in Kentucky, that's not a good play. It's like, thanks, Jimmy. Oh, boy. That's just great analysis. I had no idea that UK Big should Drew had a open layups. Funny series of tweets where he said, uh, Marty Smith uh, reporting from John Calipari Huddle. All right, we just need to get three stops. Uh, next TV timeout. Marty Smith reporting from the Kentucky Huddle. Uh, John Calipari says Kentucky just needs six more stops. That's it. I mean, so 70 freaking percent. Oh, there's no, no stops to be had from UK's defense yesterday, which is so weird. Sometimes the defense looks really good, and other times they're not. Uh, they, they couldn't stay in front of anybody yesterday. A texter says, Salt Lake Brian here. Hello, boys. Hope Scoots keeps up these great weekends of watching police and in Indiana win. To be fair to Scoots, is Survivor any different? It's not. That's right. We That's had a right. great We had a great day out on <laughs> – we had a great day out on the mountain today. And we had a visiting Louisville friend request the game on outside at Apri Ski. We all immediately urged everyone to hit MGM to cash in. Go Cats. I see how awesome it be. You not know what's going on. You hear that a Louisville game's on. You're like, oh, well, this is easy money. Let me bet against the cards. And you just get to laugh at your Louisville friend while you take it straight to the bank. Like, that's what our state legislators want to take away from us. I have a buddy that lives in Pittsburgh, and he was like, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm betting U of L tonight just because I don't think Pitt's going to be all that interested and Louisville's playing a little better. I was like, you know, you do what you got to do, but Louisville's due for just a complete stinker. They've kind of been feasting on bad competition as of late. I, I think it could get ugly. And uh, he texted me like probably five or ten minutes into the game and was like, I'm an idiot. I was like, yes, you are. Uh, you really, really are. Speaking of idiots, TJ, why the hell did we not take the spread on all those games yesterday? They all would have hit. Well, with the, sp- uh, with the, the IU one was lucky. It was the spread to cover. So I was watching it. I was thinking the same thing, Scooch. But we got plus one. Uh, we got plus one eleven on a sure thing. But that it was, was free. That was free money last night. That's true. But it would have been like plus six hundred if we took the spreads. Bummer. Would have, could have, should have. Some butts, candy, and nuts. That's right. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not complaining over free money, Scooch. Could we have had more money if we had done things differently? Yeah, but then we would have sweated out the IU game. Uh, who knows? Things that could have. We could have jinxed ourselves potentially. We made the sure thing. We made the right call. I think we did. That was nice. Oh gosh, I had. Uh, 
I, I cringe even bringing this up, but most days that we're in Indiana doing the show, I'll make a fun little parlay and made one yesterday. But usually I'll, you know, it may be like six games, seven games, the bulk of them money lines, sometimes big money lines. Sometimes I'll throw in spreads if I feel good about it. But my only missed bet yesterday, I had a 12-team parlay plus 22,198. So, you know, almost 20, 20 plus 23,000 almost. Got 11 of the 12 right. The one loss was North Carolina. <laughs> oh, man. 20 That's... bucks to pay like 4,500. Oh, jeez. Uh, the only loss was UNC. That's brutal. It's tough. But I had UConn spread, IU spread, had Ole Miss money line, uh, threw that one in there, had Texas A&M spread, had that right. And then I just had a bunch of kind of, I had Arkansas plus five, uh, then I threw in some money lines and uh, almost hit it. Would have been nice, but I did, I've been doing the emotional hedge against UK. So I did bet uh, Arkansas money line yesterday. And I've been doing this for anybody that's been playing UK. First to 10 points, I bet on the other team. First to 15 points, I bet on the other team. Um, usually you can get – I got a plus 120 for Arkansas yesterday and then plus 130 on the first to 15. Uh, UK usually just starts out so slow, usually, uh, that you can usually get away with it. So it was a good betting night, all things considered. If UNC just didn't completely suck butt, it would have been an amazing betting night. But such is life. A texter on the Thornton sex line. Ref went from 6 to midnight on that Collins charge call that he also got wrong, and then they miss a walk on the other end and give Cal a technical. Not sure there's collectively a group of more sensitive people than officials. Complete clown show. They are such a sensitive group of human beings. It's wild. And goodness gracious, like charge call, not a charge call, whatever you want to make, the way the ref just like prants to make it is such a loser. In the fact, so like the mechanics – of the actual play it's kind of bang bang if he is still not set when collins is in the air i don't i mean i would still uh, side with the guy who goes airborne versus somebody sliding underneath him but Collins touched him the ref was ready to make that charge call before he left the ground he was he was hyped the ref even had he was gonna do it yeah he even had to go he he did like a little uh it was a crow hop kind of deal yeah he had to go find a runway so he'd have enough space to be able to make his enthusiastic call. What a loser. Oh. And then the biggest losers are the ones that aren't even like getting ripped right next to the coach, but tee you up from across the floor. Um, oh, gosh. Huge dorks. Um, I also kind of surprised Cal just didn't get thrown out in the second half. That right? Was, like, I he, he, was trying he had that to. in his back pocket. I thought, I thought he would go for that. I think I thought he was trying to. Um, and just the refs weren't biting. A oh, texter said, oh, and I'll jump ahead on the text line. Indiana Larry texts in and says, officiating isn't 15 points. Nobody's saying UK lost because of the officiating, Indiana Larry. Yeah. Listen, listen, Indiana with Larry, ears, college basketball officials suck every single night. We complain about them every single night because they're bad at their jobs. By the way, I was going to ask you all is that Damian Collins' missed dunk? Is that the best missed dunk in Rupp Arena history? No. No? Yeah, he's had a couple of those. Yeah, I mean that would if he threw that down. Whew. Terrible call though, and uh, it's just just what you expect from you get rid of the block charge call would make things so much better. 
A texter says, this team gets absolutely punked when they play physically imposing defenses. Why can't we just have one guy sack up and play a little rough, just match their intensity? I feel like Chris Livingston tries. Obviously, Wallace is a good defender, but he didn't have his best night guarding on the ball. He was still better than, than everybody else, but still was not amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's that is that's a recipe of teams that are going to get UK that are disciplined defensively and then just physical as all get out. It, you know, like A and M is a team in the SEC tournament. I'd prefer Kentucky not to see, although all of them will be tough. This UK team just doesn't take care of the small things to make things easier for them in games. So most games are going to be close, and then teams that are going to be more physical than them are probably going to beat them. Roush. Yeah, and that's also like Lance Ware is kind of your enforcer, but he's also not very good. So can you really play him that much? You know, it's it's tough. No, it's tough. He, exactly. Like he he is a physical player, but he makes you worse defensively and probably worse offensively. So like, how much is the toughness going to carry when you're also taking a step back in some other areas? If UK's cruising or playing well, then yeah, you could throw them in there and probably get away with it. But points were a premium, especially when Arkansas was just scoring everything they could. You were wondering if Kentucky could keep up with them. They could not. And then defensively, could wear been really worse than what Oscar was giving you? Uh, probably not, but probably in the same ballpark of not being good and then maybe you would have given something up on rebounding. But I think everybody agrees that Collins needed more minutes. Not to the point that I think it changes the outcome of the game, but to the point of, like, try different things. Try yeah. any, you know, try he, – he can switch things up. He can change kind of the style and the tempo of the game. The the defense, I mean, they weren't trying to, like, trap or – it's like they're shooting 70%. Like, you can't – Whatever you're doing sucks. You have to do something different. And whatever you do, it can't be worse. It can't it it, it, it is almost impossible for it to be any worse. Wasn't a good game last night. And we got more texts that are going to just uh, say say that in, in different words. We're going to hit our last break. We'll come back. We'll get to that. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big Export Radio. Oh, DJ Warren. But that doesn't mean my eyes will soon be turning red. Crying's not for me, cause I'm never gonna stop the rain by complaining. Because I'm free, nothing's worrying me. I'm back to Kentucky Roll Call. Fucking losers! With Walker and Roush. Who them boys that be having a crunk every occasion? This side, just in that side, blazing. But in the middle, we stay calm. We just drop bombs. Asking where we come from, South Coast Long. Just two dope boys in a cat. What did they say before losers in that rejoin? Suck it. Oh. I think I've had that issue before. Where I think, <laughs> I think, think you have, yeah. <laughs> Welcome back. One final segment Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. 96.1 FM, 14.50 AM. Scoots told me over the break what Spears relayed to him to tell to me. Relay back to Spears, no thank you. <laughs> Not interested. Will do. <laughs> Respectfully declined. <laughs> Go to ShadyRays.com for the best sunglasses in the world, everybody. Polarized, designer brands, 
you can kiss them goodbye because you want something you can afford. At Shady Rays, they're affordable, they're quality, and they will look great on your face. They've got sunglasses for every occasion. It's a Kentucky company, over 200,000 five-star reviews, replacement promises, replacement guarantees, all the right words you want to hear from your your favorite sunglass company. Uh, And they look good. I've got several pairs of Shady Rays. Uh, because they're affordable and because I use the promo code BIGX at checkout for 25% off. Perfect. Hey, Valentine's Day. I'm not sure what I need to get. Six days away. Get uh, get your honey a nice pair of sunglasses. If you're uh, a, a female listener and you're wondering what to get your significant other, why not some Shady Rays? Who doesn't love a good pair of shades, styling, profiling, looking good? Promo code BIGX will save you 25% at checkout. All right, final segment of the show. Roush, what do you have for us today? Um, hmm. Let's see. Um, who? Uh, Thorne's Texan? Okay, then we can do that. Yeah, yeah no, no uh, problem. Not, 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 much, not much else. Texer says, this team just isn't tough enough. I hope that changes next year. Yeah, there's probably some truth to this team just not being tough enough, unfortunately. Uh, Will it change next year? I don't think people like Justin Edwards and Robert Dillingham and DJ Wagner are are very fond of losing. Uh, But, you know, do they have that dog in them, as the kids say, Roush? And that's something we probably won't really find out until they get to Lexington and they're they're playing opposing competition this November and December. I'm a, I'm a journalist. Maybe I can just take an x-ray machine to London. Uh, I can go up to uh, New Jersey, and we can find out if there is some dog in them. DJ Wagner had a really big game the other day. Yeah, 40 eight, points. Yeah, eight, eight threes. threes. That, that's one thing I will worry about next year is going to be outside shooting just because I feel like you have to worry about that with every Calipari team to a certain yep. extent. When you see those numbers, that makes you feel a little bit better. Probably will still be an issue in some games. Uh, I wouldn't doubt it. But there is going to be a lot more talent. And we didn't think that was going to be an issue on this year's team. But Arkansas, even with having two of their better players out, they still had the more talented squad with the players that were on the floor yesterday. They still had more NBA draft picks on the floor than Kentucky did. That's Shouldn't be the case. Shouldn't even be at that point currently. But that will change next year, thankfully. And, uh, you know, you hate looking ahead that far. I, I, I want this team to do something fun this year. I want the team this year to give us some fun memories, make a run. Uh, at times, you'll watch this team and think it's not impossible that they can do it. And then other times, you'll see them play good teams. And I don't think Arkansas is as good as Kansas, but you'll see them play some good teams, and then you'll just be reminded that like they're on a different tier than some of these other groups. And that's frustrating, and it's a, it's a sobering realization. And next year, there will be more talent, and it should hopefully be better, but I, I'm right there with UK fans, kind of sick of having to do the, the next year bit. But here we are again. Here we are again, sadly. Oh, games like this, let's just embrace being the villain. We obviously aren't winning a game like this, so why not just sub in dudes to foul the crap out of teams who don't want to play like this? We're going to lose anyway. Let's just be tough and hate it instead of soft and wounded dog. I'm, I'm kind of with him. I know that's kind of a meathead approach, and uh, some might say you're a sore loser. I just – I just, the part I don't get is when they've got the clear path to a layup. Like, I, 
put them on their backs and make them shoot free throws. I mean, it just oh, that would just drive me. It would just it would just eat me to my core. Um, but you know that um, wasn't the case. Wasn't the case last night. No, nope. man. The, it, it, if I I didn't get that overall, like I. I the, the the conclusions I was drawing from the game are very similar to what the texters are saying, but like they, they are illustrating it because they we the next one brings up the similar point says we just don't have enough dudes I guess so uh, why I get my hopes up or why I think this team can turn it around maybe I'm just a dreamer but reality is set in hard we just aren't great we are a decent team with the right pieces just wrong players first round exit is who we are one win in the SEC tourney and that's our 23 season. The, the, that's part of the issue too is just like and Wallace was doing his darndest yesterday I, I really enjoy watching that guy play basketball but like there just wasn't any other creator so I was, Arkansas was just getting easy bucket and easy bucket and then even the ones that weren't easy they were still just making they were having a good offensive night Kentucky was laboring on the other end when they were on offense where Wallace would just be working his buns off to try to create get something going and then you'd pass it out to pretty much anybody else that was on the floor, and they couldn't do anything by themselves. Livingston tried, and he had some success. Uh, I, you know, I thought it was a good Livingston game, all things considered. Toppin tried. It was not a great Toppin game. But then, like, Reeves and, and, and CJ, they just couldn't – they can't create. They're just people that can't create. Reeves, the extent of his creation, which is – Sometimes fun to watch is he'll just try to play with that pick. He'll try to play with that pick, make sure he can just get enough space to kind of step into that three, that shot that he likes, and it is a quick release, and it is really pretty. But that's really the extent of him, quote-unquote, creating. He can't put it on the floor and get to the rim against athletic defenders. He just can't. Um, That's why I think Wheeler could have helped let him get by guys and then find the open man, and whether it's C.J. Reeves, spot shooter, boom, hopefully they could knock it down. So they did miss Wheeler yesterday. Um, but to the Texas point, there, there are. There's just not enough guys that can, hey, we need a bucket, go get it. There's, there's just not. Uh, T.J., did you see Cal's explanation on why he didn't play out college? No, what he said. I wanted to get Oscar going. Because it was about more than the last game. It was about the big picture. And I here's and the I, thing. Yeah, go ahead. I, I, the the big picture is irrelevant. Like if you don't win last night, like you have to win these games in order for the big picture to matter, right? Well, it's yes and no. Like you're not wrong. It's your opinions validated. But I think more so, like if you would have if you would have looked at the big picture back in November and December. I get it. Damian Collins was going through a lot of stuff, and maybe he was totally unplayable. But like, why did wouldn't you get Ugana going? Like, why wouldn't you forcibly get him on the floor and play him more minutes? And that way, in February, if you're playing a team that is just getting to the rim with ease, all right, let's bring in a seven footer that can block shots. But instead, he was just so spare. You know, the the minutes were so sparse for Ugana and even Damian and so many of these other players where you probably do somewhat forcibly feel like you've got to play these other like or you've got to get you got to keep Oscar in there to keep him going. And it goes back to what we talked about in hour one. Like I get the idea that it's tough to have the national player on of the year on your bench when you feel like, hey, just figure it out, figure it out, figure it out. And when you do, you know what you can be getting. But that's part of the issue. 
he, he's just been too patient with Oscar all season. And it's not to say like Oscar should not see the light of day and not get any minutes at all. Nobody's saying that. We're just saying other guys need to play when he's struggling. Get him out. He's not somebody that can just figure it out just like that. You can kind of tell when it creeps into his brain and he's having one of those games that he's just not going to be with it. So yeah. get him out. Get anybody else in there. Uh, I, uh, it's, a, it's a mistake. I get what Cal's point is. It's just wrong. I just think it's the wrong approach. And here's the thing, too. Like, smart to players play through mistakes, right? Like, Jacob Toppin did that, and then on the next play, he went coast-to-coast coast and scored. Uh, Damian Collins got dunked on. The next play, he dunked it on somebody, right? Like, you can play through a mistake or two, but, like, his wheels were spinning in the mud, and he was going nowhere. You just have to, I'm like you said, we're not saying just bench him for the rest of the game, but take him out for three minutes and let Collins get some run just to inject some energy because, man, that place went from rocking to getting the energy sucked out of it so quick with the start of that second half. And then, I mean, to see the fans, like I, I don't blame the fans for leaving, but it was just such a sad sight that final four minutes. That was that, that place was awesome in the first half. I could feel the energy and the intensity from home. And then for it to end like that was just so disappointing. Yeah, I don't blame anybody. I mean, nobody wants to see that. It was 1045 at night. People were ready mm-hmm. to, to get the hell out of there. I don't blame them one bit. Kyle Tucker is even back. What a hell of a night. I love, I love hating being a diehard UK fan. Nights like last night. I mean, the, it is nice knowing we're all not alone. That like a, a, a silly basketball game can literally impact our sleep. That like we can go to bed and be like, "Damn, that sucks." Like this stinks. Versus a win where your head hits the pillow and it's just rainbow and sunshines and unicorns. But uh, that's the that's the fandom. That's the life we've we've chosen. And it makes the wins and it makes the fun times that much better. It's just. We're all we're all anxiously and <laughs> eagerly awaiting for those times to return. So it was, what's funny uh, to TJ is like uh, right now, uh, Wrexham is actually was doing some wrecking in the FA Cup. I haven't followed close as have seen they've advanced that far. And you know we watched that documentary, and some of the stuff you're just like, gosh, these people are loony. And then I, I just wonder put the shoe on the other foot and play the Kentucky basketball documentary for those people. And I'm sure they're thinking, gosh, these people are just as crazy as we are when it comes to Wrexham. (laughs) Oh, no doubt about it. Yeah. I don't think there are like UK basketball hooligans that are starting huge brawls in the middle of the streets. But uh, yeah, we, we we're passionate bunch. And uh, especially when they, they would show the, um, the dude at the bar was kind of it, but like when they would show just all the various hot takes, like I, I just seeing our takes just evolve from like game to game, breath by breath, just the emotion, the living and dying. Like, oh man, it's we put ourselves through it, but it's because we love our cats. A texture says, "Uh, we do just suck, and it's a tough pill to swallow." I love you, KRC crew, but I'll be calling it a season. Don't want to flood the show with negativity when we're going forty and zero. In 2030, just wait. That team will be incredible in 2030. <laughs> you don't, you know, you got to do what you got to do, Texter, but this is a safe space. We'll have fun with it. 
Both fouls on Oscar have come at UK, is rebounding the ball and about to go in transition. Terribly late whistles. Oh, uh, they were late on those they, calls. They wait to see if the shot goes in for bowling their whistle. It's like, oh, yeah. Wow, Jimmy Dykes actually called officials wrong on the Collins charge. I was I was shocked by that as well. Nothing like doubling down on a missed walk with a technical. And from like the opposite end of the, the floor as well, the opposite side of the court. That was weird. But that's officials. And and yeah. and you know, you can make a case that like Cal, just chill. Like what you know, what what is any of that doing that is helping? But I understand getting frustrated too, and officials need to kind of just deal with that stuff. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. It's the random wheel of officiating, and it landed on a technical for Cal yesterday. And then, of course, he does the same stuff and doesn't get an additional technical because it's random. They they kind of pick and choose the rules as they go along. Oscar's not giving you enough to keep him on the floor. This team has looked much better tonight with Collins at the five. I, I think we'd all agree with that. We got absolutely wrecked tonight at home in front of a hot crowd. At the end of the day, this team just isn't good and is poorly coached. Teams know exactly how to guard us, exactly how to run their offense, and Arkansas did it to perfection. Yes, they hit tough shots, but the game was over a minute into the second half. And that wasn't anything besides just stupid turnovers. Like, that that wasn't coaching. That wasn't talent. That was, that was just UK's players making Jeez. stupid passes that you just – didn't need to make that you shouldn't have made that you should have been smarter to make. And I do agree that like it was, it kind of felt like the game was over at that point. That being said, there was no adjustments to try to make it closer it, to try it was to get it, stupid, you know, it was stupid passes. And it was also just getting beat off the dribble at the rim. And they didn't either try to jump them like in their front of them. Right. Or like try to cut them off or there was nobody there to help the, you're exactly right where it's not like Eric Musselman was just a wizard out there drawing up plays to get dudes open. Like Kentucky was just getting beat off the dribble by Anthony Black. Like, yeah. And they, it was, you know, and that's part of the frustrating thing is just like make it more challenging. And while the scoreboard doesn't reflect that it mattered and it maybe would not have mattered, but like at the end of the game, when UK started pressing, like just do different things to not make a team so incredibly comfortable that it looks like they're out there in their slippers and PJs just having a nightcap. They everything just came so easy to Arkansas. And UK would throw a zone. And I liked what you saw from the zone, but you just didn't see hardly enough of it. Cal it wasn't perfect. It. it it wasn't like going to be I think you said it off the top. All of these little things, they weren't going to win you the game just by doing one. But if you tried them for a little bit longer than what you did, then maybe the the it adds up. Maybe it there'd be up. enough pressure on Arkansas. They'd start overthinking things, start missing some shots. Maybe you'd allow the officials to be impacted by the crowd late in the game. Yeah, you never really know. And it is kind of like, you know, I'm not – I'm smart enough about basketball to know a team that you can't guard in the half court it's not wise decision to try to pick them up in the full court, but what what's the harm at that point? If you can't guard them in the half court, then at least try to speed them up, and maybe you, they could miss. You could get going in transition on the other end. That's when UK looked at their best in the first half, when you actually thought UK may have a chance to, to win the game. The Cats were running. They were rocking and rolling. It was a really fast-tempo game, and then it slowed down, 
to Arkansas's benefit, where they were, all right, hey, if you want to play a half-court game, we know you can't guard us in the half-court, but we can guard you all in the half-court because you're easier to guard. You don't have as many playmakers, people that can just go create out of nothing. So play disciplined defense, allow our length and athleticism to bother them. And so just try different things. And and there's just been far too little of that from Calipari this season. Um, Just try. Why, Why not go down swinging instead of going down knowing what has gotten you to this point, which didn't work, it's not going to just flip on its head. And I'm talking about in you know specific in-game situations. I'm not talking about the season as a whole. Just try stuff. I don't get it, but especially uh, when just you're getting punks anywhere. Like, exactly, exactly. <laughs> a texter says, "Oh, this is from Kirby. Hey, Kirby, got a couple texts from Kirby here. I just." Just for the life of me, can't comprehend why refs and the other crazy atmospheres give into the crowd and let stuff go, escalating the atmosphere. But all at all times, officials are up, have to end momentum. It's in their bylaws. Goes call on Oscar to give him uh, two is tough at home. But hey, it's what what the F do I know, Kirby says. At the end of the day, this team just isn't it. It sucks, but it is what it is. Every pivotal shot in big games we seem to miss. Every loose ball we seem to lose. Very disappointing second half. Very flawed team. And how in the world a player of the year can be unplayable is beyond me. CJ is just a beta and can't handle athleticism. Toppin can't be consistent. Reeves can't guard a shadow. Collins showed flashes, but we just got manhandled. I think a lot of that criticism, Kirby, is probably is probably valid. And it's a bummer. With Oscar, have a premonition of how this team could play some defense. <laughs> You're going to get a lot of those. Oh, yeah. In a more hilarious news, after committing to it, Shaden Sharp decided not to do the dunk contest. Fitting. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> perfect. I wonder if like his friends are like, yeah, Shaden said he's going to roll by in about like 20 minutes, and they're all like, well, he's definitely not coming then. Oh, we yeah, have, yeah. We, that we dude flakes on plans all the time. Yeah, Every friend group has the flaky friend. Do you think Shaden Sharp is the flaky friend in his friend group? Like, well, he said he was going to come, but you never know. Yeah. It's like, Shaden's bringing the donuts to the party. Like, it's going to, we can't wait to see him. Just no, no food arrives. Oh, yeah. That wasn't surprising to see. A texter says, Jimmy and Carl getting worried I wouldn't see them again. Jimmy and Carl was getting worried I wouldn't see them again. The case in the Damien high pick and roll is fun to watch. Yeah. It's, uh, man, the one time that, uh, like I think the perfect uh, description of this game and this team was the play where they, they ran it. Collins was there, and Arkansas dude just went to bump him and just shoved Collins to the ground. Was surprised there wasn't a call, but like that was the kind of physicality with which Arkansas played, and Kentucky just couldn't stack up to it. Yeah, that cracked me up. Like, how do you not call anything there? Guy just gets like a you know. Gets knocked into Bolivia and, and nothing. And you can that, that high pick it. and roll is fun though. That texture's right. Yeah. That like that Kaysen being able to knock down that elbow jumper so smoothly. Gosh, he is just so fun to watch. I hate that we're just wasting this season when he's such a nice player. Uh, but all right, so you can either lob it up to Collins. That's great. Those are things you can't do with Oscar. And then just in a similar fold where Oscar can kind of all right. I'm not I'm not rim running this time. I'm going to step back for the pick and pop. Collins can knock down that shot as well. So. They they were doing a good job of that. The only issue was it was it was strictly a two man game. Like nobody else was getting involved. 
And that's where you need Livingston to cut to the basket and then make it kind of a three-on-three, but within limited space, almost a certainty a foul is going to get called. They can really build off that if they want to. The only issue is Collins doesn't get enough minutes to be able to build off that. But it was fun to watch. Another texture, Thorns Texon says, it's time Oscar sits more and Damius gets some serious minutes at the five. I totally Mm -hmm. agree. I'd, I'd like to see, until Oscar figures it out, like give Oscar some time to figure it out. But if he's not playing well, then pull the plug on it and get well, Collins in there. And I think the biggest thing too is, it felt like Oscar sucked the energy out of the entire five on the floor, whereas Collins did the opposite. Agreed. And, yeah, yeah, I think that's true. Uh, another texture says Dylan for Murray should have put hey, Damian in there more in the second half. Oscar is a liability tonight. Two games in a row, four minutes left. I'm ready to be equally let down with the State of the Union. Give me a Thorns and Murray. UK will bounce back. Yep, need to get you a Thorns and Murray. Hope you're right, Dylan. Like the optimism. Still a lot of season left. Still on the right side of the bubble, but that Georgia game on Saturday is huge. You just can you got to show up. Yeah, You've got to show up in that one. Who would have thought playing Georgia in basketball would be a huge game? But here we are. Here we so are. Arkansas isn't a good shooting team, and they come in and shoot 60% in the second half. 70% in the second half. Part yeah. of that's on UK. While we have completely overall. fallen apart coming out of half, of course, Arkansas is playing out of their minds. Never fails. Get Oscar out of the game. He's totally in his head. Why the hell are we fouling down 13? I was wondering <laughs> that myself, but it is what it is. All right, we'll end it there. Not a fun one, folks. No. And we've, we've, we've gone through it before. We've gone through it this season before where – you get a little bit of momentum, you start getting pulled back in, and then you get something like last night. So let's see if this team's got a little bit more fight in them, can pull us back in maybe one final time, and, and we can get this fun again, uh, give us something to look forward to in March. And every opportunity they have where you can kind of exhale and be like, at least we'll be a part of the party, they go on and lose. But we'll talk more about it tomorrow. It's Trivia Thursday as well, so we'll have fun there. Uh, Scoots will have to just make up some stories to get us all in a cheerful mood. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Damn, dance for Scoots. <laughs> used to, yeah, we'll figure something out from Scoots. Everybody have a great Wednesday. Uh, as the Governor Andy Bashir would say, we will get through this together. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big Exports Radio. TJ Walker, Roush, and Justin Galen. Thanks for the show. We'll see you on Thursday.